Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello there. Welcome to Lynn Cullen, still alive. Hanging in there. It's October 8th. Oh, God. So, uh, the president uh, was on uh, Maria Bartiromo's show this morning. Here's some of it. I just, just want to remind you, not that you need reminding, uh, who your president is. Uh, your president today uh, called on his attorney general, uh, Bill Barr, to arrest indict Barack Obama and Joe Biden for uh, supposedly spying on his uh, campaign. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, Unless Bill Barr indicts these people, For the greatest political crime in history? Yep. Obama and Biden. He wants them arrested. And, of course, in the same uh, realm, he uh, went on to uh, suggest that uh, if Biden is elected, that Kamala Harris will – oh, my God. This is – will – overthrow uh, Joe within two months of uh, of the inauguration that he suggested Biden didn't really have even two months of energy in him to get him to that point, but that uh, Harris would take over. And he called her a, uh, a monster. Um. What else did he say? It was it, it it was a real amazing thing, but my computer, as usual, is acting up. Um, all right, I'm gonna get out of here. Yeah, tell me, my web page is not responding. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I've noticed that. Jesus. Okay, so I really, I mean, you know, guys, I, I, it's hard. There are days when I can just talk about this and it's, you know, no big deal. And then there are days, and I think today's one of them, when I just, I just can't. I, I, I just, it's, it's almost unbearable, the reality of it. And, and the fact that reality is so damn difficult um, is just one of the reasons that so many people, and we see evidence of this, are constantly um, refusing to acknowledge reality and are instead choosing to uh, live off um, some other uh, different uh, manufactured reality that, that makes them more comfortable. Um, and I, I think in many ways... Um, I can begin to almost understand uh, how people can get themselves into believing this craziness. And the reason would be because they need to, <laughs> because reality is just too scary, too unsettling, too destabilizing. And so you make up conspiracy theories. You, I mean, who would think that something as absurd as, as the crap spewed by QAnon would ever grab hold, would move so quickly from something that we all had to be you know, schooled about as this fringe group of people that every once in a while showed up at a Trump rally to now – the fact that 
candidates espousing these views are uh, are in line to uh, win elections and uh, become members of the United States Congress. QAnon as well is now getting an international following. I read a chilling story about a QAnon chapter. Uh, was it in Germany or was it in the Netherlands? It was in, you know, not the United States. And it was an actual chapter of QAnon. They, and they totally are buying into it. And buying into the fact that there is a, a cabal of uh, child-eating, uh, uh, sexually abusing um, – I, I, I can't even – and that Donald Trump is essentially Jesus and is going to um, save the day somehow. I mean, is it, that anyone can buy into that, that apparently more and more Americans are. I mean – Given how I feel like some mornings, like today, I do begin to see, although I I think I'm incapable of that jump uh, into uh, total insanity. I mean, why would you think you're saving yourself to jump into having to believe something that is essentially craziness? I mean, if that's your only way to keep on keeping on, uh, I think that's a little bit of a Pyrrhic victory, don't you, in terms of your survival, your sanity? Anyway, Trump went on to say he doesn't believe these polls that show him losing. He said, we've never had this much support. They have a boat thing, he said. They have 5,000 boats. <laughs> oh, God. God. You know, I, I guess, you know, I don't know why. Some days this stuff just gets me more than sometimes I can brush it off. And like today, I can't. I'm looking at this as if I've never seen such an incredible statement from a president when, in fact, I've been seeing that on a daily basis now for four years, and they've been getting more and more insane. He doubled down on his having done more for uh, black people uh, than anybody since uh, Abraham Lincoln, or I think even more than Abraham uh, Lincoln. And then before it was all over, he had gone back to... um, insisting that Hillary Clinton also be uh, jailed uh, because of uh, her emails. Yep. So we're in this sort of like endless loop of insanity. And what are we, 26 days from the election? Uh, And, by the way, an election which is not a given – in any way, and especially given all of the very busy little uh, efforts being done, I didn't mean to say little, uh, large efforts being done by the president and his cronies while they still have power to undermine uh, that election. Apparently, there has been a – it's a given that um, no attorney general would ever – Uh, start up any investigation involving election uh, security uh, heading into an election. Um, If there were concerns, they would be dealt with afterwards. But the sense was is that historically the sense was is that you did not want to uh, in any way make people feel that uh, their vote was not going to count. You didn't want to sow any kind of – concern about the the vote and that has been something that has been uh held to by every attorney general uh in in this country uh oh god 
God. I, 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 I you know, uh, do not, do not rest for uh, a moment, not for a moment. So I watched much of the uh, vice presidential debate last night. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I don't think we should have these debates. They're not, de- first of all, they're not debates. And I, I mean, this one did not go off the rails like uh, the presidential debate, but that was not a debate. Um, in a debate, uh, there are questions posed, and uh, the debaters, the debaters, uh, deal with that topic. And I don't think there was even one question posed to Pence that he answered. I mean, there were times when he simply ignored the entire, not just the question, but the entire huge, huge surrounding area that the question was uh, maybe uh, focusing on a little part of. I mean, he didn't even get into the ballpark. He would just start one of his little canned speeches on anything. So he's asked a question about, uh, uh, let's say, immigration, and instead he starts uh, he starts talking about uh, China. I mean, it, it it was, I mean, if you're somebody who is of a, a serious mind, and you're watching that, the the only thing you can feel is. Well, not the only. I mean, incredible frustration. And that invariably, in my, for my part, leads to anger. Uh, so you're asked a question, and the first thing you say is, well, first, let me say, and you're often running in a totally different direction. Well, this is called pivoting. Uh, if you if you have ever listened uh, carefully to any politician, they all do it. It's uh, you don't get anywhere in politics if you can't pivot. If you cannot ignore the question you're being asked and dance around it and say nothing. In response, and even if then prodded by what's called the follow-up question, you just blithely do it all over again. Well, who? What a waste of my time to have to listen to that. And he—he is every bit. Actually, he's a better liar than Donald Trump, because there's that sort of quieter. Uh, demeanor and 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 it's it's more believable, I guess, because he seems so well normal, and so well look at him, so trustworthy, so solid. I just couldn't. I must say that the moderator, Susan Page, had excellent questions. But so what? (laughs) They weren't answered. And he refused, like Trump before him, to abide by the rules. He interrupted. He went over his time. He absolutely – I guess – it's that thing that a lot of men have where they can't even hear women's voices. So when Susan Page would say, uh, uh, Mr. Vice President, Mr. Vice President, uh, Mr. Pence, Mr. Pence, he didn't hear it. Women's voices, after all. I I don't have the... uh, I just don't have the stomach for it. And I haven't had the stomach for 
political uh, pivoting for a long, long time. People have often said to me, why don't you have like more, you know, candidates on your show, more, uh, you know, office holders on your show? Because I rarely, rarely do. And that goes back a long, long time. And it's because of exactly this. The inability for almost any of them to answer any question I would ask. And it's just a waste of time. And it's annoying. The only time I like talking to a politician is if we don't talk politics. If we talk about anything else. And then you can get the sense of a human being. All right. So the news just keeps on coming. By the way, I, of course, I got to talk about the fly. <laughs> For those of you who don't know about the fly, the fly that stole the, stole the show, landing on uh, the vice president's silver hair, all the better to see him. And that little fly, you know, the little guy, that little fly, I thought maybe it got stuck in the hairspray or something because it, it, you know, it landed, but then it didn't move. And, you know, flies are normally, you know, they somewhat active, at least they're rubbing their two little front legs together and stuff. And, and this guy just, I mean, and that was it. The only reason I know it moved a little bit, it was on there for what? Somebody said two, over two minutes. For all we know, it it laid a few maggots, a few little eggs. I hope uh, somebody better check on the Veep's head. But the funniest thing and the only thing this morning that made me laugh was a video that someone took from their couch as they suffered through the vice presidential debate, because it's a picture of their television screen and a little bit of a wider shot initially of their television screen. And it shows the split screen of uh, Harris one side and and, uh, Pence the other. And the family cat is up there right in front of the Pence's face and it's batting at that fly on his head. I, it is the greatest thing. I, you know, yes, yes. I can't, you got to see it. So I, I know a lot of people said, I didn't even see the fly. I, why didn't I notice the fly? Well, this little cat did. And it was, it was like, And it would have been funnier if the fly had been like walking around a little bit. But as I said, it wasn't. But man, that cat saw that totally motionless fly and thought, yes, mine for the picking. All right. So the uh, next debate, (laughs) God help us. The next debate is uh, the presidential debate, the second one, the town hall. Uh, It's supposed to be in Florida. And it appears now that that ain't going to happen as it was supposed to because of the president's uh, health and the fact that nobody, I mean none of us, really knows how that health is and if he's still possibly – infecting people. So um, the presidential commission said we're going to do it virtually with Trump in one place, Biden in another, and the moderator in a third. And we can still do it, no problem. And Trump, of course, immediately said, ridiculous. I won't do it. Well, okay. We'll see how he feels in an hour or two. I don't know. 
uh, but there's no reason it should be held um, in less than a virtual way. Uh, absolutely. So this is maybe Trump's way of getting out of the debate. Um, I don't know. You know. And you know what? I say, who cares? I am done with presidential debates. I'm done with them. They are, they are not uh, – they do not give the voter what the voter needs. And I, they're just shows. Drives me nuts. I kept thinking with Susan Page, I mean, isn't there a way I, – I can't – I kept putting myself in her shoes and thinking – you know, when Pence would keep going and going and going, or when he wouldn't answer the question at all. I mean, why wouldn't she? I'm sorry, why couldn't she? The minute he said, well, first, let me say, and then off in another direction. Why couldn't she say, uh, Mr. Pence, please, I was asking about, and then bang, ask again. And then if he starts veering away, Mr. Pence, please, why can't they do that? Because I know why, because then she would be said to be a biased moderator, because she wouldn't do it as much with Kamala Harris, who every once in a while actually answered the question that was asked. But really, and then when he wouldn't stop, when she kept saying, why wouldn't you just raise your voice? Mr. Pence, please. Or as Kamala Harris had to say more than once when he interrupted her, I am talking. Tom writes, someone should keep be keeping track of every second the debate participants go over their time, and then that time would be deducted from their closing time. If they have no time left, well, too bad. Yeah, could do that. Could do that. I, little Tony says, I, I watched three minutes of the debate. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. When I heard Pence, I had to turn away for my own sanity. I followed it on Twitter for a while and then went to bed. Sorry to miss the fly on his head. Well, it's there for all eternity, so, you know, enjoy. Um, Little Tony says, to me, Pence is like an android, a a robot with bad programming. (laughs) Wonder what the Saturday Night Live will do with the fly bit. Well, it's made in heaven. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a waste of time, except to show that he, in many ways, is more dangerous because, as I said, he's not the, the you know, lunatic, does not present as a lunatic, but he was there. He did not give it an opportunity to say that uh, the results of the election would be, uh, you know, respected. He didn't either. Ed writes, isn't the QAnon thing very similar to religions in the world? Some have a pretty crazy belief system if you stop and think critically about them, but they are followed nevertheless. Well, absolutely. I mean, I agree with that, and I don't want to offend uh, my religious um, members of the audience, but of course, that's right. Um, That's where faith (laughs) comes in. Ain't nobody going to prove any of those miracles that that are cataloged in in the Bible. I was looking at, uh, well, like Jeopardy the other the other night. It was uh, the, the the question was, you know, uh, who was kept 
from, you know, killing his son or who knows, you know, who who was saved by uh, a, a lamb showing up uh, like instead. And it, I mean, the answer was Abraham, you know, when he didn't kill his his son because God told him to. Now, you imagine it, a father kills his son. Let's say the father then gets arrested. And he says to the, you know, police and anybody who will listen, I, God told me to do it. What do you do with that person? You put him in a straitjacket and you, you know, you, you say clearly mentally ill. Maybe that gets you off the murder, but clearly mentally ill. But you're right. Anybody believing in these foundational documents of the religion I was born into, Judaism, or then the offshoots of Judaism, and I'm sorry, but they are offshoots. <laughs> Judaism is the mother of all of these three, these two big, huge religions, and that is, of course, Christianity and then Islam. And they both add... Christianity and Islam also add, uh, you know, what would be considered, um, you know, crazy things. It's true. But they're called instead miracles. They are called instead proof to the believer, right? So in that regard, right, what you say about QAnon is true. Because if you stop and think about the origin stories of the Bible or the Quran or, you know, and, and it, it doesn't, yeah, if you're a rational person, you would say, uh, excuse me, but see religion and rationality, eh, eh, which again underscores what you're saying. I remember the first time, um, well, the first time you heard like what the, uh, you know, Joseph Smith and uh, the, uh, the Mormon church or now we're supposed to say the Church of Latter-day Saints of, I don't know, Jesus Christ and who knows where. Um, that origin story is nuts, too. And the first time you heard it, because it was a new one to you, if you weren't born a Mormon, you said, what? And these people believe that? Yeah, of course they do. It's no nuttier than what you're believing. And then when I heard the Scientology stuff, you know, all these people believe in Scientology, and I heard about what their stuff is. Wow, I mean, there's like, I mean, it is nutty. But, again, mm -hmm. it's nutty until it's around forever and ever and becomes something comfortable and comforting. And there we get back to human nature. Um, and it must be a very powerful need in human beings to have a narrative, a story that explains what the hell am I doing here for those moments when that question occurs, right? I think it's a very rare person who can comfortably live, I don't know how rare, comfortably live with no narrative, with nothing but, well, I really don't know. Here I am. Let's make the best of it. You know, I don't, I don't know. But the need to believe in like a conspiracy theory, you know, you, which we would say QAnon is a conspiracy theory, but, uh, but you know, any religion that is now recognized is a religion. So what's the difference is essentially the question Ed raises. And it's, a, I mean, it's a good one. It's a one that would, um, you know, get some people's backs up, but I'm sorry. It's certainly arguable. Uh, there was a piece in the science section of, uh, of the New York Times last week, I think, 
And it was about conspiracy. How, what's going on with this need to believe the unbelievable? And um, estimates um, of how many Americans firmly believe at least, excuse me, one, (coughs) one discredited, (coughs) damn it, conspiracy theory. (coughs) Okay. How many Americans seriously, absolutely refuse to not believe at least one discredited conspiracy theory out there? That number is as high as 50%. Um, and yet, you know, psychologists and psychology does not, has not done a lot of studies on what's going on with, um, the need to buy into lies. Um, and so this, this article in the, uh, in the science section was very unsatisfying, as I I read it, because um, they don't know that this is not a lot has been done. Um, And they just the obvious, they say, uh, for people who buy into something that is demonstrably untrue, they there is a, a need to have this sense of control that a narrative, that a story brings to make sense, some sense of a senseless world. And so people glom onto these things. And in times of upheaval, whoa, that need becomes so much greater. In times of upheaval, I must say my people, Jews, um, at least Jews who are paying attention get very nervous because that's when the old, long, you know, the, the absolute go back to the greatest conspiracy theory of all time and jump on that, and that's the Jews controlling the world. Um, that starts coming back big time, and it is. One group of researchers found that there are personality uh, profiles or or traits um, among people who tend to buy into conspiracy theories. And and one is somebody who is um, impulsive and not comfortable admitting they're wrong. So they hear something that makes, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then, bang, they grab onto it. And, and because they can never be wrong, hold on to it. Um, obviously, at some point, though, the person walking around thinking they're Jesus, um, some of these things can then go into uh, psychosis personality disorder. And right now, unfortunately, we are in a perfect storm in terms of the atmosphere that breeds more and more of, of this needing to believe anything that makes uh, some semblance of sense out of all of this. There's paranoia involved. There's who knows what. I don't. But another disquieting um, thought, you know, I often use the term cognitive dissonance. And man, is that a term that is uh, eminently usable uh, these days. It it turns out it was a um, psychologist, uh, not surprisingly, a guy named Leon Festinger, who came up with the theory of cognitive dissonance. And this is back in the 50s. And, you know, in part, what it is, is he was looking to see 
how um, are, how strong is this human desire to reconcile the irreconcilable, to make sense of the senseless? Uh, and so the kinds of cognitive dissonance I've been feeling on, on a you know hourly level with the news and and how people are responding to it is is just overwhelming sometimes and for a lot of people who can't handle that dissonance because it's un it's it's unsettling those who can't handle it often will then buy into any theory that allows that noise in their head to be quieted a bit. So one, one writer puts it this way, our brains will go to, to Baroque lengths, do magic tricks even, to preserve the integrity of our world view, even when, even when the facts inconveniently club us over the head with a two by four, and that the facts are saying, no, that's not true, but you still, your brain is saying, I don't care what you're saying, I have to believe this. The scary thing now is that for people with this need and for those who are peddling some of these theories, there are these amazing outlets that spew it directly into the ears and heads of those so in need of some comfort of some explanation. And so social media. QAnon would never have spread without the internet, without Facebook, without social media, never. And as quickly as it has. And Fox News has proven over the decades now to be incredibly, really good at providing people with these parallel narratives, these parallel ways of looking at something that will minimize their sense of fear or discomfort. So Fox is there to just, yes, calm down here. Let us show you what is really happening. Sometimes it's not calm down. It's freak out. Let us show you what they are doing to you. So Fox News often and other outlets like it, rather than trafficking in information, they traffic in disinformation. Rather than confirming reality and facts to their audience, they, they disconfirm facts. And here's the unsettling thing. The only way a human being grows, moves forward, is by being able to be willing to learn, to be vulnerable, to open up and take in information that in fact might be unsettling, but to take it in, to learn, to change, to grow. And we have such evidence these days of so many people 
who are unwilling, more than unable, unwilling to allow themselves that vulnerability that will lead to growth. The fact that Donald Trump has never admitted he was wrong about anything, about anything, that he, and we now use the term all the time, doubles down on the lie or the outrageous statement. And it is because he lacks the ability to be vulnerable and humble, to be willing to say, I don't know it all. I am willing to learn. And that is the model that, you know, the president has this great, great power to be a model. And look what he is modeling. It's really something. Oh, good. Ed tells me the Lincoln Project is, what, they're already talking about the fly. Oh, boy, I bet they'll have something wondrous out about it. That'll be good. We all need a laugh. By the way, the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, um, did something today they've never done before. And when I say never done, I'm talking about they have never done it since 1812. <laughs> yeah, 1812. The Journal of the American Medical Association was was there. That's 208 years. And now it is done this thing that it never felt the need to do in 208 years. And I'm sure you can guess. Yeah. It published their endorsement of Joe Biden for uh, president. And um, they have never, ever, ever done such a thing. It's signed by, I guess, all of the, all their editors, there's a number of different, um, had to sign off on it. And um, part of their editorial in which they do it says, the magnitude of the failure of the Trump administration is astonishing. Our current leaders have undercut trust in science and in government causing damage that will certainly outlast them. Instead of relying on expertise, this administration has turned to uninformed opinion leaders and charlatans who obscure the truth and facilitate the promulgation of outright lies. I'll tell you, for a, for a publication that has never done a editorial endorsement in its 208 year history it's a it's a pretty hard hitting one um and it turns out that uh scientific american um also published um uh, an endorsement for the first time in its history as well it's just that its history doesn't go back that far although pretty far 175 years, <laughs> 175 years, they never did, and they did, and uh, wow, wow. So uh, these, it's just another indication of how extraordinary, how important um, this election is. What do I have here? Oh, um, you know, we were talking yesterday about the fact that, like, Taiwan, a nation of 
millions and millions and millions and millions of people, had fewer cases reported uh, of uh, COVID-19 um, in the last week than the White House. <laughs> and we were using the number 14 for the White House, 14 cases, which I'm not sure was counting Trump himself, Should obviously should, but um, 14. But a different, uh, who, who did this? Um, let me see. ABC News is, um, has gotten hold of a memo that was distributed among senior leadership at FEMA, which is, by the way, a branch of the Department of Homeland Security, which is, by the way, responsible for managing uh, health disasters. And the FEMA memo says that the coronavirus outbreak has infected 34 White House staffers and other contacts in recent days. Two of the most senior aides to the president, Hope Hicks, Stephen Miller. And it also suggests that uh, it's unclear where these other numbers are, are, are coming from, but one would think that they would have the numbers. So they're saying 34. Incredible. Okay, and Bree writes, this is the best news about a coronavirus cure we've gotten in weeks. And here's what he says, this is from Eli Lilly. Uh, it says uh, that it has on it, it is, Eli Lilly is saying it's monoclonal antibodies, which is that cocktail Trump was given, can significantly reduce viral loads in patients recovering at home and ameliorate symptoms a few days after infection. Well, so um, since the president ain't dead, um, that lends some credence to it. I don't know. He's not, you know, one guinea pig ain't enough. But if this thing looks promising, it would be nice if they would uh, ramp up production so that some of us little people might have um, access as well. Uh, Chuck writes, Lynn, regarding Trump's comments this morning, his campaign is at a point where they are just throwing everything against the wall, hoping something will stick. Trump knows Barr would never arrest Obama. Of course not. You're right. No, this is all about firing up their base. I mean, what you're looking at is a flailing, floundering, scared man in Trump. Um, Chuck also writes that factchecked.org you can go there, factcheck.org, has a wonderful detailed summary of the debate last night. And honestly, they found almost as many issues with Harris's comments as they did with Pence's. True, Pence ignored complete questions, but so did Harris. She never answered the question about packing the Supreme Court. Right, right, I know, because that's a, yeah, she, no, I agree. And I said earlier that, uh, you know, Susan Page would not have been able to jump in and say, keep repeating the question, Mr. Vice President, Mr. President, if she didn't do the same to Harris, but there's no way she would have done it as often with Harris. So she still would have been charged with bias. But jumping in and getting uh, when a candidate does not respond to a question is a fool's errand because that's what they do. That, in fact, is the sign of a great presidential debater, the one who doesn't answer any of the questions. 
spews the most lies and comes off looking fine for those who don't know. <laughs> Chuck also writes, the fly is likely Pence's only black friend. <laughs> He says the fly now has its own Twitter account. Everyone was buzzing about it last Oh, God, Chuck. <laughs> uh, all right. Father Joseph, I thought I might get a rise out of you. Not that I was trying to. And I'm, I swear, I'm going to read this. Watch this. I am going to read this without any interruption, right straight through. I promise. If I do it, it'll be a first, but I'm going to do it. Lynn, I think we can all learn something from people of faith, albeit some good lessons as well as some bad ones. Here are some good ones. When faith is completely replaced by creed, worship by discipline, love by habit, when the crisis of today is ignored because of the splendors of the past, when faith becomes an heirloom rather than a living fountain, when religion speaks only in the name of authority rather than with the voice of compassion, its message becomes meaningless. Oh, that's some powerful stuff. And that was uh, the words of Abraham Joshua Heschel. Here's another. For many of us, the march from Selma to Montgomery was about protest and prayer. Legs are not lips, and walking is not kneeling. And yet our legs uttered songs. Even without words, our march was worship. I felt my legs were praying. Oh, my God, how wonderful. I know, I've interrupted, but oh, how wonderful. And that, too, Abraham Joshua Heschel. A brilliant and obviously eloquent rabbi. And here's another. If I sit next to a madman as he drives a car into a group of innocent bystanders, I can't, as a Christian, simply wait for the catastrophe, then comfort the wounded and bury the dead. I must try to wrestle the steering wheel out of the hands of the driver. Yes, those are the powerful words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was also more famous for his first they came for, right? Yeah. And then Father Joseph's words. I came to the conclusion long ago that all religions were true and that also that all had some error in them. And while I hold by my own religion, I should hold other religions as dear as Hinduism. Oh no, this is my Mahatma Gandhi. I'm, I'm sorry, Father Joseph. This is this is Mahatma Gandhi's quote. Yeah, didn't have like little quotelings around it. Um. So we can only pray if we were Hindus, not that a Christian should become a Hindu. But our innermost prayer should be that a Hindu should become a better Hindu, a Muslim, a better Muslim, and a Christian, a better Christian. Yeah. Well, there is no doubt that people of faith have, yes been exemplars of good. And I'll leave it at that. And you see, I didn't get through without... But it's because those quotes were so powerful. I mean, what was I supposed to do? Not... Oh, no. 
agree. I'm not even going to say it. But it is funny. Um, Henry writes, Flynn, a virtual presidential debate would introduce the ability to easily mute one candidate. Yes, it would, while the other speaks. That's why Trump doesn't want to do it. Well, that's partly why he doesn't. Yeah, that's a big part, that he loses power. By the way, Susan Page was on CNN this morning, and she said there is there are counters that show her how much time each candidate has received and that she can see them as the debate progresses. In the end, Pence had only about 10 seconds more than Harris. All right. That's what she says. Um, Roger writes. Oh, there's an attachment here. I might uh, oh, I'm sorry, Roger. I know. I've, I've muddled your ability to tell us this. Okay, Roger says, fearing mail-in ballots will be discarded by our president and the courts. My wife and I are planning to vote in person, so we trashed our ballots. Uh-oh. Luckily, a friend who works on the Allegheny County Election Committee told us that was a mistake and had our ballots mailed to us again. How can you do that? Well, we know now, and you're not alone. A lot of people have done this. If you show up, they'll have on record that you have got received a ballot, and if you can't give them your ballot to destroy, then you can only vote provisionally, right? Do I have that right now? Jeez. Anyway, it says you may still vote in person on Election Day if you bring your ballot and envelopes to the judge of elections at your designated polling place to be spoiled, spoiled on Election Day. If you do not bring the ballot and envelopes back to your polling place, you may only vote by provisional ballot at your polling place on Election Day, right? Um, so your friend, and not everybody has a friend on the election commission or committee. So if you can't produce the ballot, you're going to vote provisionally. And now the fact that he was mailed another one means Roger can produce a ballot. Do I have, uh, wait, I'm sorry, Amy. Do I have callers and I'm not, oh boy. Oh, my God, there's all these callers. If they're still there, okay, let's take them. I am so sorry. Hello? Hey, Lynn, it's Jonathan. Jonathan. I, I thought you forgot about us callers. Well, I, I did. I, I mean, I absolutely, I just looked, and Amy said there's four callers. Now, whether they're, you're all still there, I don't know. Yeah. Some days ah. you bake for callers, and today I'm cool. Oh, God. But... Anyway, a uh, couple of things. First of all, a quick correction um, about that editorial. It was the New England Journal of Medicine, not JAMA, uh, that that editorial was from. You are absolutely uh, they, correct. Why did I yeah, say JAMA? So, okay, you're absolutely uh, correct. Um, and uh, I've been doing a lot of volunteering for the Biden campaign. So um, that is correct. If you get a mail-in ballot and you want to vote in person, take your ballot with you. Uh, they'll destroy sign a declaration that you're going to vote in person. Uh, if you don't have it, then you can vote provisionally. Okay. And I want to give a reminder to people who are voting by mail-in. Uh, they do have the option to take one of these satellite offices, uh, can also take it to your polling place on election day. And please, please, please use blue or black ink because on the state website, they have a graphic showing filling in the ballot, you know, just a little illustration. With what? The red. Hand, the hand is holding a pencil. Oh, no. <laughs> well, why do they make yeah. mistakes like that? It's idiots. Uh, I don't know. And there's so much room oh. underneath, the, underneath that graphic. The, <laughs> number one, you know, fill out the ballot <clears throat> according to instructions. There's plenty of room to say blue or black <clears throat> ink, but they don't. And it's it's clearly a, a pencil. So 
Just want to well, know. you know, they should be able to read a pencil because a lot of people maybe only have a pencil. Damn well, it. I think it's because of erasure. They don't want it to. Be oh, okay. That's my guess. Okay. Um, and last thing is, I know our beloved joke teller has been having phone troubles. Yeah. So would you like a joke? Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Sure. So, Mr. Schwartz is dying. He's on his deathbed. He's with his nurse, his wife, his daughter, and two sons, and he knows the end is near. So he says to them, Bernie, I want you to take the Beverly Hills houses. Civil, take the apartments over at Los Angeles Plaza. Jaime, I want you to take the offices over in City Center. And Sarah, my dear wife, please take all the residential buildings downtown. And the nurse is just blown away by all of this. And as Mr. Schwartz slips away, she says to the wife, Mr. Schwartz, your husband must have been such a hardworking man to have accumulated so much property. And Mrs. Schwartz says, property schmopperty, the schmuck had a paper route. <laughs> okay. So I like go. it. Have Thank you. Weekend, you too. Love you. you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I get all it's a paper fruit. Okay. Is there another call there? Hello. Good morning, Lynn. It's Ella from Penn Hills. Hi, I'd like to tell you. Hi, Lynn. First, I'd like to uh, tell you uh, the sixth word. I made up it's free entertainment from our creator daily. And also uh, I'd like to I'd Oh, like to that's nice. That's nice. I I made that up all by <clears> myself. Well, that's really nice. Thank you. Now, I saw the soundbite <laughs> with Senator, Senator Feinstein when she says the dogma is still in you. Yeah. And I left the church 15 plus years ago and the dogma is still in me. So I was praying, like, how do you get rid of the dogma? And it's like, uh, it's like you have to replace it. And that's, um, that's, it's like that's the answer I, I received. And uh, I, I studied the Constitution a little bit, and I found that it says Article 1, Section 6. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, For any speech or debate in either house, they shall not be questioned in any other place. Now, Vice President Pence asked that question to uh, Senator Harris, yes, last night, uh, regarding that. And I think he's stepping on some toes. I don't think if he need, if he wants clarification, I would imagine he would go to the courts. Okay. Well, boy, Ella, you're paying attention. I just want to, for those who don't know what Ella's six-word thing was about, that was... We were talking about um, how would you sum up uh, our life right now in just six words. And say yours again, because it's really very nice. Oh, thank you. Free entertainment from our creator daily. Uh-oh. Is that six? Yeah. Okay. No, I think that's seven. No, it's not. Mine's okay, free Entertainment, Entertainment from, from our creator, our creator daily. daily. You are correct. That's six. How silly of me you, to you're not, you're not common. I don't know if a comma has to go in there. But one other. <laughs> no, but thank you. Thank you. And you're so right. Yes. Look at the joys, joys of, uh, of nature. Hey, thank you, and dear. This, Appreciate this, it. May I say one more thing? Well, if it's really fast. It's real fast. Marlon Brando said a person would rather get their daughter raped than to lose their faith or religion. Who would, who would is, rather have their daughters raped? Marlon Brandon said. No, no, no. Marlon Brando said what? He said oh, he. There's a, there's a quote that he would people would rather have their daughters oh, raped. What? Would, then, then rather than give up their religion. Oh, God, that's faith. brutal. I wish you had that. Is, said that is, but there are right. people like that. Okay, so long. Not many. So long. Bye. So long. <laughs> Goodbye. Jeez. I, I think that's it, right? All the other callers said, to hell with you, Colin. I'm out of here, right? 
They did. Um, no, I got one. No. You know, my damn... Hey, fi- Hello? Yes. Hey, Lynn. Hey. Yes, good morning, Lynn. Yes, hey, Lynn. yes. Yeah. Um, real quickly, it was, it's kind of crazy. You're talking about religion. I just, I'll just talk about real quickly and positively. You, thought, you mentioned Mahatma Gandhi about religion in one of the quotes you've mentioned. He's mm-hmm. a Hindu. Um, yeah. I'm really getting into the, into the Hindu faith myself. The Hindu faith is the only faith that promotes, promotes, listen to me, promotes religious pluralism. Religious pluralism means each choose your own path. You're Jewish, choose the Jewish path. If you're Christian, choose the Jewish path. If you're Hindu, choose the Hindu path. Leave everybody be. Accept and enjoy the people celebrate their own religions. Don't denigrate yeah. them. I'm trying. I'm, I'm with that. that. I'm, you know, thank you. Do not denigrate. Appreciate and respect <clears> it <throat> and savor it. And savor it. Don't. We shouldn't do this to each other. Quit. We get it. Stop. We gotta stop and say enjoy life. <laughs> enjoy the flavor. God is flavors. Think of it as God is ice cream. You like chocolate, like like vanilla. Well, we all like ice cream. So shut the hell up. Enjoy it. And be quiet. I love okay, it. That's my thing for the day. Okay? I love it. I love it. Thank, Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh dear, 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 dear. Okay. I think that's it. And I'm sorry, I, I'm going to have to stick a little uh, sticky thing on my computer here that says check phone for, um, I'm, I'm probably driving Amy nuts too, I'm sorry. Um, sorry about leaving callers hanging. It's just something that I've started doing, I don't know why. Okay, um, thank you all. I'm, I'm, hey, I'll talk to you again on Monday, assuming we're all still here in one aspect or another and uh hang in there okay be smart be well lynn cullen live monday through friday from 10 a.m to 11 a.m and archived at pghcitypaper.com the opinions expressed on lynn cullen live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.